to Mana Rants the Boys. It's the last scrap of boys content we've got until season 3, but let's dive into the second half of Diabolical. I'm one of your hosts in Jack of All Trades Mono, and insulting me with nothing but my name and the right tone of voice is my co-host and master of none, Kira. I can't really do it with your name. <laughs> no, it doesn't work as well with my name, does no, it? No, because it's one so as good as It's not as good as Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> I know I said we'd be back next week, but much like the Deep, we just couldn't keep it in our pants. So we're back to rant about episodes 5 to 8 of Diabolical. And this time we've got a couple of canon episodes, it, it seems. It's Tech Knight that can't keep it in his pants. The Deep can't keep it in his pants either, I know, in but fairness. Tech Knight really can't. No, Tech Knight really can't keep it in his pants. And I, I actually thought we might get some Tech Knight in Diabolical, yeah. but sadly, no. We I think get, he's going to be... I, I, he's been name-dropped in the main show a few times. Um, I think he might be in the spin-off more, because that's kind of... We might get him in Herogasm. Oh, that'd be really weird and fucked up if he is... We might get him yet. Hopefully we will get him eventually. Yeah. But as for um, this, we did get Groundhog, which I was super happy yes, with. Yes, delighted we'll, to see we'll Groundhog. we'll get on to him in, well, he's the, the, the second episode of today's rant. The first is probably our least favourite with BFFs. Oh. The Aquafina written episode and directed by Madeline Flores. But yeah, no, this one well, wasn't great. It's I... the lowest ranked so far on IMDb as well. And, and what I've seen on like Twitter and social media is that everybody else seems to think it's the weakest of the bunch too. I really didn't enjoy it. Number one, it's not an animation style I like. I find no. the exaggerated expressions and like the little exclamation points and things like that very distracting and really off-putting yeah I've never liked that animation style to be honest no I really really don't like it so that automatically was a strike against it for me and then I just really don't like the story yeah the story is just oh don't get me wrong I love the Russian drug dealer yeah the Russian drug dealer and the deep are the best things about this but Everything else going on in that like, is just I I just don't get it. I just yeah, I, I like, feel like I'm missing something. I feel it. like the there's something that is just gone completely over my head and somebody's gonna like say like one thing, like explain it somehow and I'll go, Oh, oh but I just <laughs> Yeah, like any of the rest of them like in the last uh, episode any of the ones we didn't like we could pin down why we didn't like it and yeah. it was either like the writing or the story or this one was just visually off-putting story-wise really off-putting yeah I just I, I feel the like same as you though it like I feel just... like I'm missing something about it like I just don't get it yeah I, yeah somebody else can also, explain it to me also why did that poop keep showing us its butthole that was kind of funny <laughs> Especially the bit where she wakes up the next day and... And she's like, she's I, don't like I, I, I don't have ears. She's like, but wait, how could you when it cuts back to where she's just showing her butthole again? <laughs> yeah, there's a few laughs in it. The shark bit, when, when the drug dealer gets eaten by the shark yeah. and it cuts away and you're like, oh yeah, cool. And then it cuts back to the shark eating him. Overall, yeah. really not a fan of it. Like the deep, but always love the deep. When he's down in the sewers and he's <laughs> like, I'm how, He's got to get back into the seven. No, when he's talking about how it, this is, you know, this is my area, and he's like, well, actually, no, not really, because sewer runoff into the oceans is a massive problem. And he just goes off on this big long tirade yeah. about how he's raising awareness, and it's just completely distracted from what he's supposed to be doing. Pure deep, <laughs> yeah, pure deep, and always great to see Chase Crawford as as we have ranted about many times. In oh, the I boys. love him. Yeah, we I love, love, we love the deep and we yeah. love Chase Crawford I loved him in Gossip Girl 
I love him in this. But yeah, apart from that, the drug dealer was funny, the deep was funny, and there was one or two gags. Yeah, the rest that, of it, it was a big I fat just, meh for me. Yeah, a I, big fat meh. It's not one I would be like rushing out to watch again. No, and again, uh, probably the benefit of it being an anthology series is we can skip the ones yeah. that we don't like, and and this probably will not be getting rewatched for no. me. I'd say, and I think it was disappointing as well because I quite like Aquafina. I don't or really, Aquafina. I don't really know much of her stuff. But you've seen my vag. But yeah, my vag is hilarious. Yeah, but and beyond I, that, no idea. Yeah, it was it was a little bit disappointing. Like that's that's kind of the overall I got from it was just disappointment. Yeah, and it, it's it's the low ranked by far like of IMDb all the things so far. you could do poop poop yeah I, uh... yeah I mean it's not like we're particularly highbrow comedy like no we're, it just we're not above dick jokes and poop jokes oh and... Mr. Hanky yeah like <laughs> <laughs> like so it could be done it just there's something about the way it was done that combined with this really childish cartoony style mm. was just really really off-putting to me yeah it might be a weird sentence but I have definitely seen better anthropomorphic poops yeah Mr. Hanky uh, Mr. Hanky the obvious one <laughs> Even in Dogma, the shit demon. Oh, the, yeah. The Golgotha. Yeah, the Golgotha shit demon in, in, in Dogma is, yeah. is definitely better than this, all right. But, uh, yeah, no, no. I, 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 and basically the fact that we can name at least two anthropomorphic poops that <laughs> yeah. are better. Yeah, that should show you that we're not above a good poop joke. This just... <laughs> This wasn't a good poop joke to me. No, it just, it was very, very off-putting. I did like the little bit of corn, though, sticking out the side of its head. Why it was only wearing a bikini top, I don't know. There's a whole lot of things that I don't know about this one. I did like it, though, when she goes into the bathroom, there's a towel that has a picture of a cat showing its butthole and its little testicles on it, though. (laughs) I have hand towels that have cat butts embroidered on them they don't, they don't have little cat testicles though no because they've all been neutered because you should spay and neuter your pets because it's better for their health alright there Bob Berger yeah <laughs> cut your nuts off <laughs> but uh, that's probably enough shitting on BFFs for the yeah. minute oh no no, yeah. no pun bad pun in- yeah no pun intended there but the next episode then is one that I think we both really enjoyed, but a lot of other people didn't seem to. This didn't seem to get as good of a response, but I really liked Nubia versus Nubian. I enjoyed that. I'm a big Archer fan as well, and it was very much kind of that style of humour. Yeah, well, it was written by Aisha Tyler. Yeah. And directed by Matthew Bordenave. Again, not 100% sure on the pronunciation. No, I um, really enjoyed it. I love the interaction. I just love the way she said Gerald. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a really loaded way of, of saying Gerald. Just, yeah. It's great. No, Aisha, Aisha Tyler was great. The in bickering this. is so true to life. I think that's what I enjoy about it so much. And then Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Go make me tacos! There are some great lines in this one. There are some really, really great and quotable lines in this one. I loved uh, Groundhog's voicemail. Oh. <laughs> fuck you, fuck off, leave a fucking message. I was changing my voicemail to that. I actually don't think yeah. I even have a voicemail and, anymore. And obviously, John DiMaggio. I'm yeah. super excited to get John DiMaggio. I'm just delighted anything. to get Groundhog. Yeah, but to get John DiMaggio as Groundhog, yeah. it just. Uh, I'm not a pedo. I don't even have fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just punches the door uh, off. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this one. The, the bitching between Nubian Prince and Nubia was fantastic. And <sighs> the stuff between Maya, isn't it? The uh, daughter. And Groundhawk was hilarious. And she's like, I'll pay you. Yeah. And he's like, no, fuck off. I don't need your money. I'll come over and open cans. Oh, fuck, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> she's a smart kid. 
But she's a smart kid. Now I really like the fact that it was like soups in like their everyday normal life. Like people know who they are. They know that that they're the ones who live across the road. Like it's not exactly a secret identity. Well, you can't hide Groundhog. Not really, but like <laughs> they, but they like they arrive in costumes and just like yeah. walk in the door, you know. And it's nice to see like normality. Like they're kind their of like of yeah. the most functionally normal soups we've seen mm. apart from maybe Starlight like they clearly loved each other at one point yeah they had a kid you know they're going through like normal relationship issues yeah essentially like they, yeah. they're going through like normal shit mm. but just the way that the kid goes about fixing it and being like they frame the script and everything is so funny it's a real tropey thing as well that, that I actually like from cartoons of the kid doing the thing or, or recreating the conditions for when their parents fell in love to make the parents fall back in love again yeah. only in this it's beating the shit out of poor Grand Duck <laughs> no American Dad when he runs over the squirrel oh god that whole episode <laughs> that's a brilliant episode there are, there's there's just so many good individual gags in this one as well. I really I have to say, really big fan of the animation style in this. Again, it's the one it's one I'm very familiar with and that I do mm. enjoy. Yeah, no, the animation style. I think in yeah, the, the our three favorite episodes have three fairly similar yeah. animation styles. It'd be very similar to the the kind of DC animated showcase, which big fan of those yeah this was the first of the three canon episodes well canon in the universe of the show I love it because it fits in it does like it does fit in really really well what I like like that they've written Groundhog to be a villain yeah like that's what I was going to say you know that that they've done him dirty and we're we're kind of peeking behind the curtain because Groundhog says you know oh yeah look it was all scripted and she's like yeah I know mom framed the script (laughs) and there's the great line when Groundhog does show up to fight them and and uh, Nubian Prince says, you're not even in our continuity this month, you fucking idiot. <laughs> that, I like that there's a reference to oh, Ashley when, as well. Yeah, no, but when he, she's like, where'd your accent go? And he's like, I'm from Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah. I was delighted when I saw it because before Kripke announced on, well said on Twitter, which three episodes were canon. And we had talked about it and we watched it and thought maybe, weirdly, BFFs might have been canon purely because of what the Deep says about trying yeah. to get back into the Seven. I wasn't expecting this one to be canon. I do and like I was, that it is, though. I was delighted that it is because Groundhog was mentioned in VNN mm. and then we got Groundhog and Nubian Prince was mentioned in the show. Yeah, to be traded to Baltimore. So I liked that. That I was like, oh, deadly. That means that it's canon. And, and then, Nubia is one of the G-men. Yeah, Nubia is one of the G-men. But then I was fucking devastated because it's canon, which means that Groundhog is dead. I don't think he's dead. They killed him when they thought he was a pedophile. No, I think they might have just beaten the shit out of him. I'm pretty sure they killed him. Cause... But they had nasty legs <laughs> yeah. after that. <laughs> yes, they did. It cuts to Maya looking traumatised about Groundhog being killed, and then it cuts to Maya looking traumatised about the pounding that's going on next door. Make me tacos! <laughs> taco just dead! The taco, yeah, the taco line cracks me up every time we watch it 
<laughs> and the fact that Gerald is named as Balls. Yeah. That, yeah, no, this is The was, friendly fire. This is the second lowest rated episode. I don't care. I really enjoy it. I just, I like that kind of... Oh, no, sorry. It's the third lowest. Boy did in 3D, I think, yeah. is, is lower than this. No, it's got I, it's a, a six star rate, or like six out of ten on IMDb. And I, I honestly thought it was one of the best. No, it's it would be very similar to Archer in the kind of, the comedy in the mundane aspect yeah. of it. And I do enjoy that a lot. Like they're yeah, I think twelve seasons of Archer has rubbed off on Aisha Tyler. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, in a very good way because this is this episode is definitely one of the best written. I think as I well. I really, really enjoy this episode. I love the kid. I really do. I think she's just Maya's great. great. Yeah, I like at the end when she's just like signed the damn papers and I want a pony. <laughs> and I'm looking at both your trifling asses. I want that pony. I just love when she's when the mom's tucking her in and she's like, and Gerald will buy you a pony. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when he's trying to reassure. Her and she just walks in we are getting divorced and Gerald is going to buy you a pony good night dear <laughs> what a bitch Nubia well what a terrible parent Nubia is because she's like oh you know I'm going to go get a bath or I'm going to go have a bath and drink some champagne you finish your homework there and just walks out of the room <laughs> well they're arguing for a good minute before they realise she's there yeah yeah you know so they're both kind of I understand as well the whole like they are Mm. obviously breaking up but at the same time come on yeah one of the other things actually that I did really like about this one was that I thought it straddled the line between the comics and the show really well yeah because we got a lot of comics-esque kind of fights and stuff but as I say it's part of the canon of the show but uh, there was a bunch of Easter eggs in there as well. When Maya goes to ring Groundhog, there's oh the names in the phone. A bunch of yeah, a bunch of names in the phone from ones we've seen from the show, and there's ones from the comic as well. We see we saw Big Game, who was mentioned yeah. in the show. We saw is it Buzzcut? Yeah, there's a few of them. Oh, there's a lot of G Men in it, which makes sense because she's, yeah, she's a G Man. And in the first fight scene, just before Groundhog passes out, he says, gonna, 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 which is a thing from the comics. Yeah. A never explained thing from the comics. No. It's just a thing from the comics. But yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed that one. I think that was one of my top I three. just, I just like normal, well, like weird people trying to fit into suburbia. Yeah, I could have seen, I could have seen, it, I would have liked a little bit more of the interactions between Benjamin and Groundhog. Yeah, the neighbor. That's more neighbor. terrified. Yeah. <laughs> he looked fucking terrified. I like, I love, I'm a big fan of The Burbs. It's one of my favourite, like, kind of feel-good films. Or yeah. just, like, funny Saturday afternoon films. Mm. And just, yeah, suburbia and having soups live there. Yeah. Oh, my God, the HOA must be shitting themselves. <laughs> it would It would be a very different series to WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, would. yeah, I think it would have been nice to see one or two of those extra things. But then that's the only complaint that I have about. I love it as well because he only lives like down the road from her. Yeah, just around the it on the phone. But yeah, the the only complaint I would have had that it was yeah not long enough. Yeah, just, just give me more of it. <laughs> but then the episode after that is one that oh. we can't really make our minds up on, and that's John and Sun He from writer Andy Samberg. Yes, and director Steve Ann. And I was very surprised that this was the Andy Samberg episode. Yeah. I was not expecting something so serious from him. And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, um, it's it's very poignant and it's very beautiful. And I really don't want to say anything bad about it. 
it struck a chord with me given the nature of it because I don't think there's anybody that's not been touched by cancer. Cancer. Yeah, cancer is always going to hit home, especially um, for the two of us. So, from that aspect of it, it's a beautiful representation of how far you will go to save somebody you love and how big the fight can feel like. Yeah. And, like that and, it's this thing that's growing and consuming everything. And how monstrous the opponent can feel. Yeah. But, but I, it wouldn't be one I would be rushing back to. It was, it was absolutely stunning beautiful so the animation is just gorgeous in it yeah and and it does it it highlights that that isolation and the desperation really well and there's some really sweet moments in it but i'm with you it's just a bit too depressing it hits hits far too close to home it is a beautiful Mm. representation of a very specific feeling yeah but it's not one I would like to revisit <laughs> yeah it's it's not even um, I find it very upsetting yeah just because it, it brings me back to losing mm. friends and family yeah and I'm not trying to say that in a, in a negative way that I don't really want to rewatch it it's just I don't like watching depressing things yeah and I'm, I'm glad that I watched it and I can appreciate it for what it is but it's one of the things that I said in Monorance at the movies is like I don't like watching drama because that's what real life is for. Yeah. TV and film is for escapism and entertainment yeah. and not for depressing the ever-loving fuck out <laughs> of me. And as beautiful as this is and as pretty and poignant and sweet as this is, it depresses the fuck out of me. Yeah, no, I was trying to find there's a cartoonist that does beautiful kind of panels that are about death meeting various things and it's lovely little stories and they're really nicely animated mm. but they are so depressing and it's a, a, the similar thing like I want to read them and enjoy it and appreciate her work and, and support her mm. but I physically can't bring myself to read the content because I find it so upsetting yeah I'm a bit like that with autobiographies <laughs> not that they're depressing I just yeah. I'm like I don't like reading about normal people's lives, even if they are famous people. And I just, yeah, maybe that makes me a bit like, I don't know, Eh. basic or, 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 I don't know. I just, drama and and depressing shit and stuff like that just doesn't do it for me. I want entertainment. Yeah. And and yeah, again, I can appreciate this episode for what it was. It was, it was beautiful. And it was very beautiful. And I particularly like how sweet the ending is. Oh my God, tearing up and with the, the beautiful, the orchestral score that's got along with it and those gold that gold foliage that's yeah. like got the outlines that she's passing through and even just what and she says to what him she's telling him oh. about you know don't don't skip meals just because I'm gone and don't you know don't forget to take care of yourself and 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 it's with this beautiful music over it and it's this big epic finale and it just yeah no yeah. I can't can't <laughs> I can't. Yeah. No, it just yeah. Yeah. So so um, hands down to Andy Samberg and Steve Ann for making the most beautiful, depressing thing that I've probably yeah. seen in a long time. That'll stay with me for for a good long long while. It be it just. And I'm, I may actually have to rewatch it once or twice every now and again because yeah. on first watch it didn't do much for me, but on the second and third watches I started to appreciate it more, and not in any major way. It just started to grow on me a little bit more. Yeah, kind of once you get over the initial, mm. I think it'd be one that like is it's always definitely... going to stir up memories and emotions. Yeah, and when you're it's... dealing with a subject like cancer, it is easy to do that. Yeah, but. I don't feel like it's hammed up or anything no. like or, or hackneyed. No. And, and it's definitely not like what I was giving out about in Boyd in 3D where it's, it thinks it's deeper than it actually is. No, this is very... 
It's well handled. Yeah. And this is also a canon episode, which I, I... Yeah, no, I can get that as well because that's when you remove the kind of subject and look at... What actually happens. The v, yeah, when you take kind of all the emotional stuff off it of, you know, it being this battle against this, this mm. immense target. What happens if you gave cancer a cell to V? Because yeah. cancer grows and multiplies really, really aggressively as it is. Mm. And you basically can see... Basically, it turns into the Trapper Keeper episode from South Park. Yeah, yeah. When it's in the forest, it's basically the Trapper Keeper from South Park. And I'm sorry, I could have done without that elk screaming as it died. That mm. I, and the bear... I, I'm really, really emotionally triggered by animals being injured and things. I couldn't even oh, well, watch we said, Rampage. Well, we said that in uh, yeah. season two, episode three. Yeah. Couldn't give a shit about Ryan getting pushed up, pushed off the roof, but that whale dying, <gasps> the noises, no thank you. No, I really am quite badly triggered by animals dying. We had to switch off Rampage because I got so upset about the gorilla. Yeah. And that was a CG gorilla. Yep. And these are animated animals, but it like it does really, really upset me. So that, <laughs> yeah. that whole sequence, I couldn't. But yeah, if you if you take away the emotional side of it and if you just look at the events of, of what happened, there's no reason why it can't be canon within the boys' no. universe. He works at Vought. He's just taken a straight-up sample of V. We know it can work on some adults. Yeah. And it just happens that it does work on her. And if she succeeds in destroying the cancer monster, there's no ra- greater ramifications from it that have to be addressed in the show. So it can be canon, it can just be tucked away in a corner as canon as well, yeah. if you know what I mean. As opposed to, say, the next episode, which could well easily be referenced further on in the show. Yeah. No, it, it beautiful, necessary, I think, as well, to add a more serious tone. Yeah, it was nice that we got a, a more serious, somber one in, I mean, it's there was very eight episodes. as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was. It was definitely nice to see it. And I wouldn't say it's it's one of the weaker episodes, but maybe one that we might rewatch less than the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> Purely for that depressing side of it. But on to the final episode of 1 plus 1 equals 2. Yes. Uh, coming to us from writer and showrunner for the show, uh, Simon Ratiopa. And I still am not sure if I'm pronouncing <laughs> that right. And it's not going to get any better because the director was the supervising director. And he was also director of episode three. I'm your pusher, Giancarlo Volpe. And J.H. Kim. J.H. Kim. I'm not sure. Me and names. You know yeah. how it goes. But this was another one of the, the top episodes, I think. Yeah. Really enjoyed this one. And obviously one of the, the probably more important canon episodes. Yes. But I was wondering if they were going to do... We had gotten flashbacks of Homelander's upbringing. Yeah. We had that brilliant deleted scene from season one of him with the school teacher. Oh, squeezing the life out of her. Yeah. Yeah. You'd gotten moments of when he's confronting Vogelbaum, mm. where they're watching him through the door with the blanket when they're doing the promo stuff in the house. And he finds the blanket again. So you get the, you know, he's lab. He was raised in a lab. What was it? Is it in this or is it in... Says he spent 18 years strapped to a plutonium rocket. Oh, that's in the comics. Yeah. In in the show, we saw the, the kind of cold, sterile, scientific aspect of his upbringing. Yeah. In this, we see flashes of the brutal, like, punishment and experimentation and training aspect of his upbringing. Yeah. And it's done really well. And I think the reason they put that in this is because in animation, it's almost more acceptable. You can't, in the show, to do that. Yeah, even... they couldn't have had a live-action little kid getting the shit kicked out of him and be 
being tortured. Like even <laughs> even, even in done, flashes. Yeah, like even done through a show and you know done correctly, it 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 is a bit. Yeah, it, it'd definitely be harder to watch, <laughs> but it's done really well in this. Just the way it's the flashes. Yeah. Of what actually happened to him versus what he's saying about the the baseball team and all that. Yeah. And again, the way he pulls that off, he's talking in a very Clark Kent voice. Yeah. It, uh, Anthony Starr again has changed, changed yeah, up the James, voice enough. He's, again, changed he's saying, subtly from He's saying on it's your younger, pusher. it's a bit, it's very hesitant to start off with. He yeah. starts to gain kind of momentum as it goes on and he's getting into the rhythm of the it. The more practice to get bits. Yeah. Into the more showman-y side of things. Yeah, and then when things start to go wrong later, you can hear the cracks in his voice yeah. and stuff. And yeah, no, I really the like... The childlike quality comes back out. Yeah, I really like how Anthony Starr plays um, it in this one. When everything, st- everything starts to go wrong, yeah, you really get the whole, I'm just a kid playing at doing this. Yeah, and it's my first time out, so... Yeah. But yeah, no, this one, it's it's done really, really well. The animation style, again, one we, we really like. Mm-hmm. And I found to be, particularly the graphic violence scenes in this, I found to be very reminiscent of an all-time favourite show of ours and also a titmouse production of Metalocalypse. Yes, especially with the jaw getting ripped off. Yeah, when yeah that end scene when the jaw's getting ripped off and he's ripping people apart limb from limb. Yeah, that's very death clocky. That was very death clocky, <laughs> definitely, I thought. But as we say, titmouse productions worked on this and worked yeah. on Metalocalypse, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was some crossover in the animation yeah, shout, scene. Shout out to titmouse, because they do a great job every time. Yeah, and they did a fantastic job on this, yeah. and, and a supreme job on Metalocalypse. We love that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the the massacre scene in this is just done so well, like like the flashback or not flashbacks, but the flashes of his past in the start. Yeah. The way that massacre scene is done when he's all just kind of like, no, 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 I'm the good guy, and and shut up, shut, shut up, up, shut up, up. Shut and up. then he kind of comes back into it, and everybody's just in bits around the room. Yeah. So. uh Impulse control. Not a thing, apparently. No, Ever. impulse control never really been a Never thing. developed. I liked seeing early um, Stillwell. Early Stillwell was really interesting. I liked seeing, because she's already deputy of superhero affairs, because it comes up like when they're being introduced, it comes yeah. up on the little ticker. But to see it's the start of their relationship and she's seeing how far she can push him. There's a lot of kind of luring going on. She, she knows she's me, Papa. <laughs> She knows she's got a good product on her hands and that she can use it as leverage to get herself higher up in the company. And you can see her pushing, being like, no, Black Noir is the top player now, but you could easily take him in popularity and you could definitely take him in strength. It was interesting that Black Noir is there longer than Homelander. Uh, Yeah, and especially if we're talking canon. If we're talking canon comic books, that that raises some interesting uh, possibilities. If we're talking... Yeah, we can't can't really discuss it unless we want to go into that comic book uh, spoiler territory, and I don't really want to go into that just yet. But But it just... uh, Yeah, how old is he? What is he? We know he looked kind of messed up anyway from the Almond Joy incident. (laughs) Yeah. Like, because there's some serious shit going on under that mask. And... And that he's... It's hard to really tell if there's any. And, and what what Stillwell's yeah what Stillwell saying makes sense that yeah he he would be there to kind of watch you and make sure that you don't you know that you tow the company line and so on and so forth. Well, that seems to be his main job. I think he like he in the show anyway. He very much is 
Edgar's private soup, like yeah, with the when he gets the phone call in the house of butcher. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's Edgar's black ops mission guy, and he's also certainly Homelander thinks is his best friend, and we can see it at the the way you see the start of it in this. I like why he fanboys over him a little bit. He does a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of sweet. But yeah, no, I really like at the end when Black Noir, you know, when he's like, wait, hold on, hold on. Obviously, he doesn't say hold on. Yeah. But motions, hold on, and then takes out the pen and paper. Oh, and you still can't see what the fuck is but written But yeah, you it? still can't see what's written on it. So he remains not having said a How single line. How does he line. drink that drink through the mask? The tea? Yes. I know. He, at the end, he's t- just, I have it down as the tea cliffhanger. Because yeah. you think, oh, they've made friends. Oh, no, wait. Did he just fake the friendship thing to gain his trust I don't know because he does from the second that Homelander when his eyes glow after he's massacred everybody yeah Black Nora puts his hands up as if to say no no hold on hold on hold on and then fucking legs it (laughs) (coughs) and eventually convinces him by snapping that girl's neck to hold on and, and listen to what he has to say yeah yeah, I wonder, because then we see him menacingly stirring the tea and watching Homelander from behind the corner after that. I think that's also just Blackmore. Yeah, He's is weird. it? weird. Yeah. Like when he uh, shows up in season one when they're looking for translucent and he shows up in the, oh, I've forgotten her name, the poor girl. Oh, Annika. Poor Annika. <laughs> well, she yeah. looks up and he's just standing there. Well, yeah, in, in like lurking, lurking. It's kind of his bag. Oh, lurking is definitely his bag in you the comics also, and the show. You also think that somebody had a bee in their bonnet over the yeah. end of fun? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to find out because you know when it's in the man, very first episode, very first thing but, when he melts the gun. He heats up the gun, so he drops it. Yeah, he melts. He melts a gun with his laser vision in the show in the very first episode in like the first scene, pretty much. He can and, control it then. He doesn't cut the gun in half. Yeah, no, yeah, he. that's one of the few times he does exhibit impulse control when it comes to his lasers. But, yeah, so he, he melts a gun in that episode. But in this animated <laughs> episode, when he threatens to do it, one of the guys says that it'll explode. And then he does it and it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> but the way it's stated by the guy, he's like, what are you, fucking stupid? If you heat this up, it's going to explode. And then it explodes. Yeah. And yeah, it's just the way it was done. I feel like that. Oh, well, the Somebody was, somewhere was like the writer anyway was was Simon Ratioba, but I don't know, maybe somebody else on the writer that maybe that just bothered like, him. Yeah, no, that pissed me off, and I'd like to correct that and reckon it. <laughs> I love all the cheesy lines we get out of Homelander as he's going around I stopping just love the terrorists. The, the beginnings of the manipulation and the, the the beginning of this persona and the cultivation of it, and as they're tweaking as they're going along, where she's like just very casually is like, "Oh, we should drop the the, and you should just be Homelander." Just be Homelander, yeah. And how quickly he's starting to cover up. He hops onto the covering up of shit. Yeah, it seems that whatever about impulse control, he's. Definitely good at damage control. Damage control is his thing. Damage limitation. That's his. That's his real superpower. <laughs> is after shit goes. He should have gone into politics. Yeah, Can you imagine I, him as a spin doctor. He'd be unstoppable. Oh, yeah, but the way the way he does the way they have him do it in this is nearly as good as the way he turns the, the aeroplane. Fl- yeah, the oh. flight crash around in season one because he's like, you know, oh, I failed you, and and I, I you know, I put my life yeah. at risk, but I just wasn't good enough to contain the blast. And the reporter is immediately like, "What do you? No, you're a hero. You put yourself at risk for us." And and Stillwell is frothing back in Frothington on the Waddle. <laughs> yes, definitely, she's at Frothington on the Waddle. I went to school with Bubbles Frothington. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it a was, bonus points if you understand that. Yeah, if you, if you got that. Yeah, if you got that reference, we will be impressed. But uh, overall, I really, really enjoyed this one. This yeah. was one of the top ones. It's the top ranked one on IMDb. I think I still prefer I'm Your Pusher. Overall, yeah. it just edges out this one. I think this is a nice one to close out the see the close out the anthology, but also Definitely. lead into season three because it's kind of giving you a little bit of backstory before going into. It might be relevant to events of season three. It's um, it's also about probably the most information we've gotten on okay. Black Noir ever before. Yeah, so I'm we know hoping he was we're going to have some more Black Noir. Because of this now, we know he was on the 7 before Homelander. Yeah. And that he helped Homelander cover up his first big fuck-up. Yeah. And that he probably was... He knows everybody. ...set secrets. up to spy... Not spy on, but kind of watch over a Homelander. Yeah. From the start. Yeah. So, depending on, on how important these three canon episodes are to the show, and this one in particular, it'll be interesting to see. I think this one is going to have... Have some backstory for uh, upcoming events. Yeah, I, I, I it might don't get, it see might get the importance thing. of calling it a canon episode without, like, I understand it's canon because it is his backstory, but having it be this particular first cover up, I think, is going to be incredibly important. Yeah, whether whether it's a plot element that somebody on the boys or somebody uncovers, hey, look, on Homelander's first mission, this is what actually happened. Yeah, or maybe even it's just a name drop yeah. of, hey, do you not remember what happened? happened back at that chem plant or whatever it was called just to say remember everything else that happened in that episode that might be relevant for this episode of the show but I don't think it'll be anything massive yeah but I definitely think it will be referenced in season 3 yeah and again any Homelander backstory gimme 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 cover because the more I find out about the backstory it's I he comes across as so misunderstood like and not misunderstood but just misguided like how can you expect somebody who's grown up who's basically been yeah when he's been raised like this can you blame him for his other actions yeah and he's being praised he he's praised for his cover up so it's reinforced it's positive reinforcement of negative behaviour essentially it just makes the character more interesting to me yeah and any any praise that he's given is generally praise used to manipulate him it's not praise for the sake of praise yeah and yeah he's definitely more of an anti-hero in the show than he ever was in the comics in the comics he's just straight villain yeah even when the big twist is revealed he's still just a straight villain but in this he's he does stray more into anti-hero territory not anti-hero territory but at least more sympathetic villain territory yeah is probably more what I meant yeah well it makes the character kind of more understandable for some of how some of the actions are perceived for some of his behaviours yeah yeah it definitely helps to to humanise him there's no grounding yeah well nobody can go through that much fucked up shit from you know birth to adulthood and not be fucked up from it yeah And then we released into the world. Like, everything's fine. Yeah, and and if that's his first mission, yeah, no, it's clearly not fine. No. Clearly not fine. But that was all eight episodes of Diabolical. And for something that I wasn't expecting at all, it was a complete surprise, and it was a very enjoyable surprise. Yes. Yeah, okay, there there was only, I'd say, two episodes that I didn't like. 
one episode I was a bit met on, one that uh, was fine, but I won't watch again because it depressed the fuck out of me, and, <laughs> and then three that I really, really, really enjoyed. Yeah, it was kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, no, it was a mixed bag, but as we said, this one I think definitely comes down more to taste than... Than a lot Than, like, of, bad yeah. writing or bad direction or anything like that, and it's just There's the ones only that I didn't one, like Yeah, the BFF would be the only one that I would say overall I just... Was bad. None of it I found redeeming. I've been able to find redeeming qualities in the ones I didn't like and mm. the bits like in particular with the superhero teens who murder their parents that for me is just a personal yeah, choice p- particularly yes yeah, that, that one and Boyd in 3D I think is just a personal taste thing and we personally don't like those ones no because they they have decent ratings I don't think anybody really liked BFF it just I yeah I mm, bad mm. poop jokes yeah uh, yeah and bad and poop jokes and a is, weird animation it's beautiful style. And, and really poignant and a lovely little moment mm. but it wouldn't be one I would be revisiting very often no but I'd say five, five out of the eight episodes I'd be happy to rewatch quite yeah. happily and that's that's not a bad ratio no. and, and three of those five I think are fantastic obviously those being one plus one equals two Nubia versus Nubian and I'm your pusher yeah and and I know we talked about it a lot in the last episode but I just give me more of I'm your pusher <laughs> I just more of animated shows set in the boys comic <laughs> universe would be fucking awesome yeah no I really enjoyed that and there's no word yet as to whether or not not even rumours as to whether or not there'd be a season two but I'd quite happily take a season two yeah especially because this is the kind of show well the boys is the kind of show that seems to very much take into account what's worked and what hasn't worked to try and improve upon it so I think if we got a diabolical season 2 it would be fantastic I yeah no I would definitely watch a second season of it yeah yeah definitely watch a second season of this but I think that's about it for the boys until season 3 really yeah unless they surprise us with something else I uh, don't think they will no I think all we can expect between kind of yeah now and then is a couple of trailers yeah that's about it but in the meantime, between now and season three in June, we will continue to rant ourselves through a few more of our favorite movies over <laughs> Mono Rants at the Movies. And if you want, you can go back and work your way through, uh, what, 19, 20 episodes of Mono Rants the Boys? Yeah, there's a few weirdos in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you want to get in contact with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Rants Mono. Over on Instagram, we're Mono Rants underscore the underscore boys. Or you can send us your own rant to monorantspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week over on Monorants at the Movies. Bye-bye, guys. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorants. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Sci-Fi.